0: What's up guys? We got a good one today. It's all about, well, first of all, we're all hung over from the Super Bowl, right? Sunday, the big game. That may sound like it has nothing to do with business or tile or anything else, but I'm gonna bring it all together for you. I got a great football story. Listen up ahead. It's your boy Clint and this is the Top Free Podcast. <laughs> guys so we're gonna get into the, the the very very difficult subject of accountability and it's one of those things that can be so gray and there's a lot of amalgamation between accountability entitlement all these other subjects that no one really wants to talk about and that's kind of why we're talking about it because we have to be held accountable for ourselves and what we do throughout the day so i got a story i'm going to share with you From the time I was little, 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 I loved basketball. Basketball was my passion. There wasn't anybody who was going to get in the way of me playing in the fucking NBA. That's right. Little ass white kid from the hood was going to be in the NBA. To the point where in ninth grade, I was... Running, you know, you're trying to touch the net and then you grab the net and then you try to t- nick the backboard, and then you smack the backboard and then you try to dunk a tennis ball and then you try to dunk a football and then you try to dunk a basketball to the point where I was 15, 16 years old and I could do a 360 left handed dunk. That's right, six foot tall white kid could do a left handed 360 dunk. I was so proud of myself. But the point is, every morning, I'd shoot hoops and I had to make a certain amount of free throws on my high school basketball court. And you could literally throw a rock to my algebra class. Mr. Gabbert was my algebra teacher and he would stand there and watch me shooting free throws. And I had to make a certain amount until I went into class. Well, sometimes that carried me past the warning bell, past the first bell, past the second bell to the point where I was tardy and he'd sit there. I could still hear it today. Watson, he'd yell at me, get the fucking class. So I'd be running up, sweating, carrying a basketball. People called me Pistol Pete. Not in a good way, but making fun of me because I always had a basketball. My junior year, for those that aren't in the U.S., is grade 11. I decided to go out and play football. Well, this 52-pack of men, boys becoming men, was my varsity football team at Monterey High. Now, we were a force to be reckoned with. And I didn't play a whole lot. I didn't get a lot of playing time. And I'd love to sit here and tell you I was an all-star and all these things. But it wasn't the case. The the case is, is that I was just a part of it. And it was a crazy brotherhood. We were so fucking good that we steamrolled teams. I think we only had two losses or one loss that year. In which case, we wore our helmets on the bus all the way home. So, when you're traveling about an hour on a school bus with no AC, no heat, whatever, and you're sitting there with your football helmet on, full pads, driving all the way home as a punishment for losing a fucking game. Our coach was the type of coach that could say something and you would fucking do it. He was amazing, unbelievable speaker, and incredibly intelligent when it came to football. So, we went through our season, we made the playoffs. We go through our playoffs like a loca-fucking-motive. Nobody could stop us. Nobody. All the way up to our championship game, which was the CCS Division III championship game. And here I was, grade 11, on varsity-fucking-football, standing there in the championship game. We win the championship game, and I feel like a motherfucking million bucks. I got my Letterman jacket, we got this big patch on the side. Big football, it says CCS Division Three champions. Champions, motherfucker. I got a big old gold ring with an emerald in the middle and a gold number one embezzled with diamonds. Big ass fucking ring. Barely fit on my hand. It looked huge. I strolled into the basketball gymnasium. And for those that didn't play a lot of sports when you were in school, sports ran one after another and the football season if it went into playoffs ran a little bit into the basketball season so I walk into the gym I find my basketball coach I say coach coach he says hey Clint what's going on I said coach we won CCS he goes yeah I know I heard that he reached his big ass hand out he shook my hand and said congratulations I said okay football's done I'm ready to play basketball He looked at me and he says, Clint, you didn't try out. I can't put put you on the team. My body went fucking numb. I had lost everything since I was a child I I wanted to do. I couldn't miss a season of basketball. You can't take this shit away from me. It's grade 11, man. I got to go to university. I got to show my shit there. And I gotta make the NBA. I'm sorry, Clint. There's nothing we can do. I couldn't say any of those words though. I was paralyzed. And as I was trying to muster up the sack to tell this grown-ass adult that he wasn't gonna not let me play. Out walks from the locker room, six foot two, Maurice Mo man. Mo had played football with me. He was also a wide receiver. But Mo was a little more athletic than I was. He was a little faster. He'd get up a little higher. And he had more playing time when we played football. But in Mo's hands at this moment was a home jersey, an away jersey, a practice jersey, and those sick ass sweatpants that got the buttons up the side. We call them tearaways. When you're standing about to go into the game, you get buzzed in, you rip those tearaways off, you throw them back to the bench, and you feel like a badass, right? Mo had all of that, including my dreams, in his hands. I stunnedly looked at the coach and said, Coach, Mo played football too? I know he missed tryouts. Coach looked me in the eyes and he said, Mo doesn't have to try out. Fuck, man. Are you kidding me? If someone could reach into, inside of someone else's body and snatch their soul and rip it right out, that's exactly what happened at that moment. But see, here's the thing. Everybody has got these stories. Right? Everybody's got these moments in their life when they're given an opportunity to blame Everybody fucking else, they're given a moment to carry resentment and negativity, and drag that through the next few years of their life, and sometimes their whole life. I carry zero resentment towards them all. In fact, I watched him go to university in Nevada and Reno. I watched him make the NFL. I watched him come up to Canada and play for the Argos when they won their championships. Mo has multiple fucking championships. But it doesn't have anything to do with how high he can jump or how fast he can run. Mo was the silent type. Mo was in the back of the room listening, going over plays. Asking the coaches, what could he do to be better? While I was sitting there doing my cool 360 dunk, and everybody going, oh, shit, white man can jump. Mo was working on his defense. Mo was working on his dribbling. You see, Mo worked his ass off to get what he got. He made it because he made it. That is accountability. Finding every reason to blame everybody else is not. That's entitlement. So when you go through your day and you're in that mood. Asshole cop pulled me over so I'm late to a meeting. Traffic shit so I'm late. Kid got sick so I'm late. Don't have buckets so I couldn't do what I was supposed to do. Don't have this, don't have that, that person this, that person that. Remember, the more time you spend blaming other people, the less time you have to work. And if you're not working, you're not earning. So I think it's a really good time right now, folks, to put your phone down and get the fuck back to work. Really.